to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Hello, Horror Movie Night listeners. We've got another bonus episode for you. We are, well, I would say sitting down, but obviously we're social distancing. So on the line is Amy Jo Johnson, who you may know from Power Rangers, but she's here to talk about her second directorial feature, Tammy Always, Tammy's Always Dying. Uh, Amy, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So I have to say, I didn't know what, I was getting into when I watched this because, you know, obviously you get an email and it says, hey, do you want to watch this movie that was directed by Amy Jo Johnson of Power Rangers and Felicity? And, you know, just with those, that association, you're like, okay, well, this should be like upbeat and kind of, you know, lighthearted. And it's it's a very heavy, dark comedy drama. Yeah, it is. Um yeah, so it's my second feature. Um, the first one, Space Between, I wrote and directed. It's a bit lighter, but it still has that dark comedy feel. This this screenplay, Tammy's Always Dying, I found when I was at the Canadian Film Center, and this writer, Joanne Sarazin, was there in the writer's lab. I was in the director's lab, and um, she'd written this script, and I went to the reading of it, and I just fell in love with it for so many reasons. Um, you know, Joanne's sense of humor is quite wicked and and dark and and these women I just I felt like I knew them because of my own personal history with my father being an alcoholic and being depressed and my mother passing away of cancer and I just really wanted to tell that story in sort of this cathartic kind of way 
And so I asked Joanne if I could make her movie, and she said yes. And then we were so lucky to get Felicity Huffman, who stars in it. Yeah, and it's it really, every time I thought I knew where the movie was going, there was some new twist. I would say, you know, a movie in, in three acts, and I think every act takes an unexpected turn right at at the end of that act and the start of the next one. And I really was, I was captivated by it. Oh, that's that's awesome to hear. I'm I'm glad, and um, you know it does deal with some pretty heavy subjects within there. But I I did really try to keep the levity and the humor, um, going throughout. I think uh, Tammy is one of those people that we probably all have one of those in our lives, and and that's the only way to be able to deal with a person like that is is to find the humor within that situation. There, but you do a cool thing where I think that there is this constant back and forth, at least for me, and maybe this is just the way I watched it, but finding myself both understanding why, be understanding the, the frustration with Tammy and then also feeling sympathetic for Tammy, feeling like her mm-hmm. daughter kind of has already written her off and doesn't expect her to ever be better. Yeah, I think, I mean, hopefully I you can sort of find compassion for both of these women who are both incredibly flawed, including Kathy, the daughter. You know, she's having an affair with a married man. and But at the same time, you know, the, those struggles are real. And, and a lot of people go through that, um, especially living, you know, in – basically poverty they're they're not wealthy people by any means and and the struggle that they have to get through life is really real you know it's ultimately i don't want to make it sound like the movie is such a downer to me it's about letting go and and which ultimately it means hope for me and and that's that's the message that the movie is supposed to really have is you know unconditional love and and sacrificing for for the people you love and, and growing out of codependent relationships. No, 100%. The movie, I, I won't give away the ending, obviously, but the movie ends in the best way it could end, is what I'll oh, say. Oh, I, I love that because it went through a couple journeys and through the editing process and, you know, people, you know, a lot of cooks in the kitchen at one point and had to kick them all out um, because that's what Joanne wrote in the script and that's the ending that I shot and the ending that when I got in the editing room, I created and it got lost for a moment, but I, I finally found it again at the end in, of that process of editing. And I love the ending. I love it. I love the song. Remy Zero was a band in the nineties that I loved so much. And the lead singer became a good friend of mine. And that's his song. That's part of that whole sequence. And yeah, I, I, I do really love the ending too. Yeah, Remy Remy Zero I discovered through I think a mixture. Well, I'll just say through Zach Braff because it was on Scrubs and he they had songs on Scrubs and Garden State, but they were one of those bands that I after hearing them on those soundtracks was like, I need to dive into this band a lot more. Um yeah, yeah, his voice is just it's my favorite voice in the world. It's so good. I'm just so distracted by what you said. I had a dream about Zach Braff last night. <laughs> <laughs> I totally did. And it was the premiere of Tammy. And I've always loved his filmmaking. I've loved Garden State. And, you know, and for some reason, he was like, he was there and we were hanging out. And I don't know him at all. But (laughs) it's so weird that you just brought him up. Anyway, 
Um, <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> uh, I was asking, with this being the first film where you are not acting in it, you didn't write the script, you're, you're fully just in the director's seat. What was that transition yeah. like uh, versus coming from like, you know, having to kind of do double or triple duty? I found it very freeing, um, a bit intimidating at first because I, everything I had have made so far with the three short films and the first feature film I did, I wrote and, and I was also in it. So sort of to take, strip that away, um, was a bit nerve wracking for me, but Joanne and I get along so well. And, and then my connection to these women, um, and the story, I, you know, I, it took me a, not too long to find my way within what I was trying to tell. And I found it very freeing by the end. And I really loved the entire process and I would do it again in a heartbeat with Joanne or with another writer. I just found a script called, um, uh, uh, Oh God, a germaphobe and a hypochondriac walk into a bar. And it's so good. That's a great name. I, <laughs> I already want to know more. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's really good. Anyway, so, I just optioned it, so I'm gonna I'm trying to make that one right now too. Well, sending good vibes and and high hopes on that. Uh, being that we are a horror podcast, I have to ask you a question about a film that was written and directed by my friend Robert that you were in, called Cold Hearts. <laughs> I had so much fun shooting that movie. Oh my gosh, we like were in New Jersey for a month. Actually, my mom, I didn't have, I had a lot of fun shooting that movie, and it was a bit of a distraction. But my mother was actually dying at that time, and I actually had to leave for a bit and to go be with her. Um, so it was a very hard time in my life, but it was a wonderful distraction and. Um, I had a blast with that cast and everybody on, and it was like a little dry Island and we had to go get alcohol and sneak it in. I don't know. I, I so long ago, but it was, <laughs> it was a blast. <laughs> yeah. Robert was the, I think the first or second person I ever interviewed for a podcast. Cause he was just like local filmmaker and uh, him and I mm -hmm. have just been friends ever since, but I've seen... So are you in Chicago? Because if I remember correctly, he was from Chicago, or am uh, I wrong? Outside of Philly right now. Um, so oh, okay. I don't know if he that's lived it, in Chicago it, yeah. at the time that he made no, that. No, 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 no. It was Philly. It was Philly. I was just trying to place the accent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm a man around the world. I've got all types of accents. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember Rob had a very specific accent, too, which was quite thick. <laughs> so... I do have to tackle the fact that on this show we used to I used to host a small segment called the Maddie Morphin Power Rangers where I would re review the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers shows in like 2 minute segments and obviously it is a very uh of its time show but do you find that it's difficult to move forward in your career with that show or has that actually been a great like foot in the door to start conversation um, I would say that it's one of the best things that ever happened to me for many reasons, but purely because all of those kids that watched the show are now huge supporters and have followed my entire career. 
and are, you know, part of my transition into filmmaking. I have this built-in fan base or this built-in support system of people who want to see the movies I make. And so it's an incredible blessing, actually, to have had that. And those fans are going to get a chance to see Tammy on May 1st, right? It's streaming everywhere. Yeah, May 1st, it comes out, like, pretty much on every platform that you could, uh, like, on demand or, you know, rent a movie. Um, Yeah, I'm really excited for it to come out and for people to see it. You know, we went to TIFF last year, which was really an incredible experience for me. So I got to watch it with an audience. But the movie was supposed to be in theaters May 1st. So, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, it's not and it can't be. But it's still coming out and we're going to do this online virtual premiere that night. There's actually a contest right now for people to, if they want to come and join, but um, I don't know when this airs or, um, but anyway, it's a contest where you post a picture of what you would want to wear to the premiere. And then you tag on, on Instagram, you tag my Instagram and Tammy's always dying. And then you hashtag Tammy's always dying and premiere from here and post it, a picture of like what you would wear. And, um, and then that's your entry into the, the contest. And we're going to choose 50 people to have a free link and watch the movie. We'll all watch it. And then we're going to meet up in a Zoom premiere party. My friend Greg Grumberg, who was on Felicity with me, is going to host it. We have the writer there and Anastasia, who's the lead in it. And, you know, just trying to still keep the spirit of a premiere alive even though we can't really right now physically do that but i think that in a lot of ways like this obviously getting a film in a theater is going to is everybody's dream you know i mean like it's it's, Mm -hmm. but you know you can do it it's cool seeing how many creative people have stepped up and done creative things like that hashtag premiere from here like that's that's so creative or like I'm I'm waiting for like when a movie that was supposed to come out in theaters gets released, you know, on some rental service, but for like X amount of money on a certain day, you can watch that movie with the director commentating over it and get like a in real time commentary track of a movie. Like that like that Yeah, stuff so is I so- wanna do that. <laughs> I wanna do that. I'm trying to figure out how because I wanna do a director's commentary. You know, like Kevin Smith does them like on YouTube or Facebook Live or whatever. But I wanna wait like a week or so so people can watch the movie <laughs> because I think me talking over this movie, it would be it's not the way to watch it for the first time. Yeah, no. But, <laughs> <laughs> but people who really loved it and wanted to maybe hear me and Joanne, the writer, sort of chit chat about it as we're watching. Um, and you know, I, I, I want to figure that out, how to, how to all do that together. So I think we're going to try and do it on YouTube or something. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, obviously let us know if that happens and we'll, we'll promote all that we can, but in the meantime, guys, next week, May 1st, go hit up any of the rental sites and go stream Tammy always dying. Tammy's always dying. I keep wanting to drop the S in her name. Tammy's yeah, always Tammy's dying. always dying. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Amy, for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. 
Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 